Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast's Midweek in Gaming special. And what do you know, it's truly been a Big Week in Gaming. I'm Intergot for episode 68.7 for Wednesday the 19th of January 2022. And in this week's show, we'll be discussing the biggest story on everybody's lips. Wow. Microsoft um, is buying Activision Blizzard. Swinney. I thought it, the biggest story was Jake Paul or Logan Paul buying fake Pokemon cards. <laughs> 3.5 billion. I oh, know, million yes. that he lost. I, I, I just, for some reason, got something on my screen then, so I'm glad you could still hear me finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Some, like, windows pop up and it like, took over everything. <laughs> like, what the hell? I saw, I saw the, the display. <laughs> for those watching the video feed, you can see it suddenly pop off in uh, Sweeney's display. So, again, we're not joined by with Mike. Uh, you know, wish him the best. He almost died uh, during the week, so you know my <laughs> my comments about him dying were ill timed. Pull through, buddy. Get through ICU. No, he's he, not in he's, ICU. He's, he's <laughs> not in ICU. All right. Well, let's let's play the song and then jump right into this. <laughs> As always, if you want to support the show, jump on bigwigpod.com. You can follow us on all of our links. Like, subscribe, ring that bell, choke that chicken, do all the things you need to do to support us. You just uh, got that image in your head of our fans (laughs) and the community choking the chicken in support. (laughs) Man, okay, so we don't normally do this, but we have a mid-week in gaming show because this is insane news. Yes, so I was uh, lying in bed, you know, being bad, looking at, like, Reddit on my phone as it's, like, 1.30 in the morning or something, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to play some Wordle. So I played some Wordle, <laughs> and then I checked Signal, and lo and behold, Mike, the, you know, the... Please rest up, Mike. But yeah, very he, sick man. Early in the morning, you know, all hours, he's like, ah, oh, Microsoft sport Activision Blizzard. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, that's a joke. And then I look it up, I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. And I did not go to sleep for like another three hours after that. Yeah, look, you know, I've, it was quite similar for me. So, but, you know, probably the one <laughs> slight difference is, you know, I've been looking after the kids and they haven't been sleeping well at all. And I've like barely done anything other than just look after them, work back and forth. And, you know, finally got them to sleep. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to sleep. And, like you, I checked my phone before I went to sleep and I saw all these posts and I legit thought it was fake. Like my brain was like, <laughs> Microsoft buys Activision Blizzard, all the, you know, the graphics of all the, you know, IP they've acquired, even, sorry, just the main IP. I was like, no, no. Like, I, I think that was my response. I go, nah, this is fake. I, I think, isn't that what I said? I go, this is a fake, isn't it? And you're like, yeah, yeah. you know, sending me a hundred links to like legitimate sites. I'm like, Oh, like re- what what <laughs> has microsoft has the xbox wire been hacked you know <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was insane news like absolutely insane news like kind of you know what did we say like oh who could they acquire like ea activision i think we almost said like that's kind of off the table that would be like so insane if they actually did that and the mad lads actually did it 
yeah and i i went on uh you know a crazy journey of lots and lots of comments across all the different sites and the, the subreddits and everything and there was one one person that called it and they're like look i called it back like three months ago <laughs> and then it's funny because you go on that thread and they did they they did call it yeah. but then they went and replied to everyone that doubted them with like i fucking called it i fucking called it like that the whole thread and i'm like you know what you earned that one. You earned that one no. to be able to go that. Unacceptable. That's that's a million monkeys typing in a million typewriters. <laughs> like, of course, one of the monkeys is going to be right eventually. So, no, I don't know. Oh, well, that monkey got it right. That that monkey did. All right. So, what we're going to do? What we thought we'd convene a special midweek in gaming potty and just talk about the deal, our reactions to it, thoughts about it, because. I think in and of itself, it's going to be so long <laughs> that if we do it Sunday, the Sunday show is going to go mm. for three to four hours. Um, we've already got a few things planned for Sunday. Hopefully. Pending, pending uh, yes. you know, the great man returning. The great man returning. We might need to take a break or something. I don't know what we're going to do. All right. Um, let's jump into the actual press releases from Microsoft and then also from Xbox. So... Starting with Microsoft. So Microsoft to require Activision Blizzard to bring the joy and community of gaming to everyone across every device. Legendary games, immersive interactive entertainment and publishing expertise accelerate growth in Microsoft Microsoft's gaming business across mobile, PC, console and cloud. Then we have our little interstitial graphic of uh, Xbox and Activision and Blizzard and King, the creators of Candy Crush with uh, their selection of the biggest IP, Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Candy Crush, and Starcraft. Do you it's think quite, these are the biggest ones? We're going to cover it a little bit further, but it's quite interesting. There's four Blizzard IP out of the six. That's <laughs> but then, but then when you actually look at like the games they have in the pipeline, it makes sense. So we'll 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 get further into the game soon. Yeah, we'll we'll cover it. So uh, going back to the press statement from Microsoft. So Redmond, Washington, and Santa Monica, California. January 18th, 2022, with 3 billion people actively playing games today and fueled by a new generation steeped in the joys of interactive entertainment, gaming is now the largest and fastest growing form of entertainment. Today, Microsoft Corporation announced plans to acquire Activision Blizzard, a leader in game development and interactive entertainment content publisher. This acquisition will accelerate the growth in Microsoft's gaming business across mobile pc console and cloud and will provide building blocks for the metaverse this is the opening paragraph yeah that's that's (laughs) that's purely for the press release oh yeah we'll we'll talk about it because that's that's the thing that yeah that's the thing then anyway we we need to like we need yeah we need to bring this up we need to bring this up in the competition piece uh, so we'll have a segment a little bit further on. Microsoft will acquire Activision Blizzard for $95 per share in an all-cash transaction valued at $68.7 billion, billion US dollars, which is about $95 billion Australian dollar dues, inclusive of Activision Blizzard's net cash. Can when, I, I'm yeah. going to ask you, sorry to interrupt this, off the top of your head, I guess I could Google it now, do you happen to know Australia's GDP? Like, how close is oh, that to us? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. all right. I, it's, just... hey, calm down, calm down. <laughs> no, I'm just like, how, like, because you're saying AUD, I'm like, wait, how, how close is that? No, what, what I, like, I was saying this before the show went live that, uh, you know, we've got big, two, uh, four big banks in Australia, and they're the key four banks. And they, like, with this amount of money, they could acquire 
uh, the smallest of those big four or the third largest of those big four, which is it's just insane because they're some of the most profitable companies in Australia. So 1,370 billion USD. Yeah, USD. Yeah. So obviously more is Australian. So. Yeah. Uh, inclusive of net cash, when the transaction closes, Microsoft will become the world's third largest gaming company by revenue behind Tencent and Sony. The planned acquisition includes iconic franchises from Activision, Blizzard, and King Studios like Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Call of Duty, Candy Crush, in addition to the global esports activities through Major League Gaming. The company has studios around the world with nearly 10,000 employees. So Bobby Kotick will continue to serve as CEO of Activision Blizzard, and he and his team will maintain their focus on driving efforts to further strengthen the company's culture and accelerate business growth. I would imagine this line here has been workshopped like a thousand times. Um, once the deal closes, the Activision Blizzard business will report to Phil Spencer, CEO, Microsoft Gaming. Now, I don't know if you could do this on the side, Sweeney, but is that the first time they started calling it Microsoft Gaming? That does not, not sure. like seem to resonate with me. I'll also just say quickly that, and you know, some of these um, quotes are from it, but I, being the huge nerd that I am, I actually listened to the Investor Call webcast with Satya Nadella. Um, Bobby Kotick was on it and Phil as well. And it was like, obviously very scripted, but the, the whole discussion around cultural change, it was so particular what they said. It was sort of mm. like, and we'll cover it a little bit later, but just around... You know, he accepts and, you know, he, he's leading the cultural change that Activision Blizzard needs, which is quite interesting to me. So just quickly, this just going off Wikipedia. Yeah. And I, it says Xbox Game Studios, previously known as Microsoft Studios, Microsoft Game Studios, Microsoft Games, is an American video game published and part of Microsoft Gaming. Oh, okay. So maybe it's so, been there for a while. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going back to the presser, gaming is the most dynamic and exciting category in entertainment across all platforms today and will play a key role in the development of metaverse platforms said Satya Nadella chairman and CEO of Microsoft we're investing deeply in world-class content community and the cloud to usher in a new era of gaming that puts players and creators first and makes gaming safe including inclusive and accessible to all so that's why you buy Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should say the other thing that they said a lot on the call was around content creators. So, you know, the deal's all about us, Winnie. <laughs> Getting back to the yeah, press totally. Players everywhere love Activision Blizzard games, and we believe the creative teams have their best work in front of them, said Phil Spencer, CEO, Microsoft Gaming. Together, we will build a future where people can play the games they want virtually anywhere they want for more than 30 years our incredibly talented teams have created some of the most successful games said bobby kotick ceo activision blizzard the combination of activision's world-class talent and extraordinary franchises with microsoft's technology distribution access to talent ambitious vision and shared commitment to gaming and inclusion will help ensure our continued success in an increasingly competitive industry. Mobile is the largest segment in gaming, with nearly 95% of all players globally enjoying games on mobile. Through great teams and great technology, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard will empower players to enjoy the most immersive franchises like Halo and Warcraft, 
virtually anywhere they want. This is like a super interesting statement, but we'll get back to this as well. The games like Candy Crush, Activision Blizzard's mobile business represents a significant presence and opportunity for Microsoft in this fast-growing segment. The acquisition also bolsters Microsoft's Game Pass portfolio with plans to launch Activision Blizzard games into Game Pass, which has reached a new milestone of over 25 million subscribers. With Activision Blizzard's nearly 400 million monthly active players in 190 countries and $3 billion $3 billion franchises, apologies, this acquisition will make Game Pass one of the most compelling and diverse lineups of gaming content in the industry. Upon close, Microsoft will have 30 internal game development studios along with additional publishing and esports production capabilities. The final paragraph... The transaction is subject to customary closing conditions and completion of regulatory review and Activision Blizzard's shareholder approval. The deal is expected to close in fiscal year 2023. So that is between the 1st of July, 2022 and the 30th of June, 2023 in terms of calendars and will be accretive to non-GAAP earnings per share upon close. The transaction has been approved by the boards boards of directors of both Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Wow. So just one thing, um, one thing I didn't know was Phil Spencer has a new title now. So he that was he was not CEO of Microsoft Games. That's before. what I thought. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was um, um, senior vice president or executive vice president, executive EVP, vice president yeah. um, of gaming or something like wow, along those lines. That's, that's pretty crazy. And with you know with this news, they they had like a new like Microsoft gaming leadership team. And just look, I'm just reading an article now that it seems like it's potentially because you've got and we'll talk about it in the structure Xbox. Bethesda and Activision now, so kind of like I guess having that Microsoft branding above all three of them. So we'll get we'll get to the structure and leadership a little later. So yeah, and I'm just like looking at our own structure as well, just thinking about when we can talk of about the, certain things. But of the show, of the show. Yeah, oh, so show. I I am the CEO <laughs> of Big Wig. You are the executive vice president of uh, production, production. And, and Mike is creative. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> creative, uh, what would it be? Chief creative officer. He's the yeah. CCO. Um, I think that one part of this that people are missing is around the mobile component. It is not a mm. shock to me that the mobile component is mentioned before the Game Pass component. And I think, you know, if you actually go through the revenues of, of uh, Activision Blizzard, Number one, you know, we always say Activision Blizzard. I think it is literally Activision Blizzard King, but um, you'll find that the majority of the revenue isn't actually from Call of Duty, which is, by the way, the number one console game and all those things. It's actually their mobile division drives the most amount of revenue, which, you know, kind of goes back to that statement around, you know, if you look at gaming as a pie, 95% of it is actually mobile gaming. And, you know, none of it we cover on this show because we don't find it interesting. <laughs> but, you know, that's the reality of the dollars and cents of it all. So I think, like, that is one of the biggest parts of it. And the fact that they're actually calling out, you know, things like Halo and Warcraft in concert with that sentence around and the paragraph around mobile, that's really fascinating to me. It is. The thing with King, though, is that unless you're in that space... It's like such a 
it's it's like hidden away almost like you don't hear king making headlines these days you know the i think the last time i really heard much about king and this is honestly like i'm very ignorant of mobile games and mobile industry but was how crazy they were trying to take down anyone that was using the word saga in their in their game name you know so oh, to yeah. me that was the last time and that was a long time ago that was the last time i heard them making headlines but obviously they are a money maker um but like when i looked up the list of games they actually have made i only knew one of them which is obviously candy crush and whatever versions of candy crush they've done so yeah look i'm not very familiar with the mobile space at all like apart from like genshin impact and i think that's just because of that breath of the wild connection so we've spoken about it a few times on the show but outside of that i feel like i'm pretty clueless around you know mobile in general like you know those mobas on mobile i don't even know what the names of them are and they're doing more business than nintendo is doing per year you know mm-hmm. it's just not my interest or my area um but yeah it's been a crazy year with acquisition hasn't it like already we're not even closed of the first month and now we're, we're up to what like uh 60 70 80 billion dollars us worth of acquisitions <laughs> it's just it's in insane this year. Yeah. and like we just mentioned how we are definitely not like we're not into the mobile scene. Like we didn't have a standalone story last week about Take Two acquiring Zynga, which is at the time last week was the biggest deal. And that was, I say, that was only <laughs> that was only twelve point seven billion. And now this comes along, and sixty eight point seven billion is just it, there is it is not comparable to anything in the video game space ever. No, and, you know, obviously the big story when we started the show was the ZeniMax acquisition in 2020, where we were just like, wow, are you effing kidding me, you know? And I think, like, let's be real about it. I think the, even for me, the ZeniMax IPs resonate a lot more with me than the Activision Blizzard ones do. I've never Mm. been into Diablo. I think I'd actually really like Diablo. I've just never really gotten into it. I love Starcraft and like the old Warcraft games, but outside of that, I'm actually not like the biggest fan of many of the IPs. But that was a eight point one billion dollar deal <laughs> compared to this, which is around seventy billion. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> Look how much more it is. Oh, just it—it's the kind of money that just seems—it's just ludicrous. Like, yeah, and I know that like that's obviously there's there's a lot of money thrown around different things you know every year but in the video game space you just don't think anything would come close to that and it's just it's wild and it's almost like as you said yourself you couldn't believe it when you heard it Um, yeah but even then like we i don't know if we'd even put the amount in in there when we like we're putting it in our chat you know it's just like the amount itself is on another level so well i think we know just instantly you go world of warcraft although on the decline a little bit, you know, getting a lot of competition from Final Fantasy fourteen in that space. It's still a massive game, like massive amount of people pay like 15 bucks a month to play that game. Mm. You know, Call of Duty, like, holy shit, you know, like it's just incredible the, the franchises that they have. Um, well, and they're the biggest, you know, mobile, like in our space that we care about, but the biggest gaming publisher outside of, you know, the Nintendo, Sony and Microsoft really. Like, mm. if you're looking... Like, I think if Microsoft said, we're going to buy Sony, like, it would almost be just like, what? Like, mm. I don't even know if that would happen, to be honest. Like, if they... That, I think that would actually get blocked, but... 
And they've tried to buy Nintendo in the past, right? As documented in that doco. But that w- I just would never happen. Nintendo's not that company. Like, I can't see that happening. So this is the biggest acquisition. It's crazy. And as I said to you guys uh, last night, to put it in context, it's, you know, this is $68.7 billion. Disney acquired Marvel for $4 billion. The <laughs> <a> fraction. <laughs> Lucasfilm, $4 billion. <laughs> You know, like, it's effing insane <laughs> like when you think about those two just individually you add them up and it's like you're not even close <laughs> to getting to the amount it's really only yeah the fox acquisition and that's that's interesting because it's that's so much content on fox right and if you're looking mm. at disney plus they needed to fill that back catalog to compete with netflix so i kind of get that they need to you know pay a huge premium in a way to get that and I, I, yeah, we'll cover it with when we get to the game segment. But I do question the whole idea of having this back catalog, how valuable it actually is versus new mm. games that are coming out. So was there anything else you wanted to cover in the deal? Like what the deal is and everything? What's the no, deal? Look, it'll keep coming. It'll keep coming up how insane it is. So I think uh, let's let's talk a little bit about the studios that come as part of this bundle. Yeah. Do you want to run through it? Yeah, so I've listed now. This this isn't all of them, but these are the high profile ones, are the ones that everyone's going out there listing. But underneath the Activision, I guess label, um, you've got Vinox, you've got Demonware. I accidentally put them on the same line. Uh, high Moon Studios, and then you've got Infinity Ward, Raven Software, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, and Treyarch. Now, that's under Activision. Now, obviously, Blizzard is its own massive thing, but they kind of operate in teams. So I didn't go there. Oh, it's Team 1, Team 2. But that includes Mm. the absorbed um, Vicarious Vision or the dissolved Vicarious Vision that um, went into Blizzard only last year, I think it was, or sometime early last last year. last year. And, of course, King, and I have no idea how they're structured. Nor do we care. Yeah, so, like, massive studios, but interestingly... The majority of those Activision ones are working on the the first game on our list when we get to the games, which um, yeah, so they're all very focused on a specific franchise. Spoilers, it's Call of Duty. So I did see someone, and I'm actually trying to find out what why it's called this, but someone, and I won't claim credit for this joke, but someone had toys for Phil. Like they'd actually <laughs> rewritten that and like without pointing it out, but they just had his mm. little list of studios. Yeah, Toys for Phil. And I'm like, so, what is it actually? Why is it called Toys for Bob? That's actually funny. I know things things I know don't work this way that easily, but some I did see someone make a comment. Toys for Bob, there you go. Give them the, the give them Banjo Kazooie. Make a Banjo Kazooie. I'm like, you know what, that's actually a good fit. I know it's not it wouldn't work like that, but hey. They would be a good. They would be a good dev for that game. So, yeah. Look, I, I'm just trying to look at the structure again. Yeah, I just I. Everyone is really excited about this. I am probably in the camp of not being very excited about this, right? And I, I well, we haven't actually talked about our thoughts yet on that. I guess we're, we're we both want, shocked. Like, that was the emotion, right? Yeah, like, but yeah. we haven't thought about. We haven't actually got into whether or not we think it's good or bad. So, yeah, because um, it's just like. I know, I know that Microsoft has done an amazing job of PR in the last two to three years. Like from going from one of the worst PR jobs with the launch of Xbox One, like maybe that will go down in history as one of the worst launches that I can think of. Like what else would be worse out of like the major competitors? Surely Xbox One. 
You know, the I comments mean, about, hey, it's always on, here's the price. I you mean, know, look, get a 360 if, if you want, you know. If you're counting things like Dreamcast or stuff, you know, maybe yeah. not. But outside of things, of platforms that lasted, you know, like the not counting ones that did, failed, essentially. So, but I don't think those are as bad as Xbox One. I just don't think they had the same well, money as Microsoft, you know. Uh, but, I mean, they what, Dreamcast survived, what, a year and a bit or something? Or two yeah, years or something? Yeah, a year and a half. Like? Two years max, yeah, but it was, like so, a, it was like about a yeah. year and a half when it was like... Yeah. But that was a money thing. Xbox would have died if it was had Sega's money would have died a lot quicker. Mm. But um, anyway, like the point is like from a terrible PR space, they've gotten to an amazing PR space. People love Phil Spencer. He's very presentable. But then I look through what they've done with the studios they have. They've got so many studios already. They've had so many studios for a long time. Like, you know, my beloved studio, like Rare, like what have they done to them? You know, and these other studios they've had and destroyed. Like... I, I don't know. Like everyone's all so hyped about it. I'm like, like it's almost like that's just where studios go and don't do good work anymore. Like, yeah, just yeah. Like Microsoft has a history of killing studios. It's probably not yeah. as bad as EA, but no, no, no. Got um, but yeah, definitely like anything to do with um, ensemble studios. You know, the and that. Like, I definitely see a studio like in. Uh, in Exile, in Exile, however you say it, which is a studio I do not like, but they're the kind of studio that I would worry about once, Mark, like, let's say, say Microsoft gets too big. They're already too big. They've been too big for a very long oh, time. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah, like, yeah. in terms of, like, amount of studios they own, at some point, those tiny studios or Compulsion Games, the, you know, makers of We Happy View, um, like, they're going to get lost in the shuffle and it, it almost makes makes business sense at some point if they don't deliver on on uh, you know titles that make sense that they would just be absorbed like things so i'll go into obsidian or yeah you know like it's yeah definitely like i i think maybe i should maybe we should share our overall thoughts maybe once we've got through everything because i'm very torn um but overall mm, i'm very very cynical of this yeah so. i'm super cynical i'm in lionhead studio like whether oh, yeah, you yeah. like the people or not but they even admit themselves they've learned a lot from that experience of where they've taken someone they know what they're doing and they want to do a certain thing and then push them in a direction it just didn't make sense and you know went nowhere but it looked like you know i i actually loved the original modern warfare like mike and i we said it on the show a few times. We were obsessed about that game. Similar to the level of like us playing Halo 3 back in the day. Like absolutely loved it. Every night I wanted to play after work. I was like, oh my God. I can't believe, like this is how old I am when I think about it, that it was after work. And then for most people, it's like Modern Warfare is the new reboot. <laughs> like it's kind of crazy. But um, yeah, Don't I love that Don't give our ages away. Oh, <laughs> well, I started working when I was 12. But um, yeah, like... Like, I love that stuff. And there are things that I like from the studios. Um, and I agree, like, Toys for Bob, like, I haven't gotten around to playing the new Crash. But people all rave about it who love platformers. And you're right. Like, it would be awesome if they picked the mantle up of Banjo-Kazooie or Conker. Like, something like mm -hmm. that. I think it would be awesome. And well, if, if they could reassemble <laughs> Vicarious Visions. But I think by that stage, it's too late because... It, it will be when they transfer across, and that's like a year from now, ish. Mm. Well, so. Should, should let, we're talking about games? Should we? Yeah, get yeah. Into, let's jump into games. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Uh, I'm happy to go through this if you want. Yeah, yeah, go so for this it. is kind of like IP, intellectual property, but you know, games, games. So basically under Activision, of course, Call of Duty is that's the headliner. That's the one that is the moneymaker. That is the one that is in terms of the impact. We'll get to competition soon. And Sony, that is yeah. the one that everyone is asking about and, and talking about. Um, you've got Crash Bandicoot, which we just mentioned, Spyro the Dragon, and Skylanders, which kind of was, you know, stars an offshoot of, of Spyro. Pretty big hitting IP there. Whether or not they're doing anything Skylanders or not, it's still an IP that is very well mm. known. Guitar Hero, DJ Hero, anything to do with that series. Um, now we know what's happened to the to that like rhythm uh, genre and, and plastic instrument industry, but hey, it's still IP. Um, some classic games like your Hexen, your Pit 4, your River Raid. One Man, I would love someone to make a new River Raid. Just like a <laughs> Geometry War style, like um, Pac-Man cool. Championship edition version of that. Cool. Um, kind of from the 360 era, lots of IP that people have forgotten about, um, like your Prototype, um, Geometry Wars, I just mentioned that. A whole bunch of them, including even games like Soldier of Fortune and True Crime, these IP that mm. they're probably never going to do anything with, but it's all under Activision. Um more classic stuff. I <laughs> would love them to bring some of this well, stuff Well, these are back, Sierra stuff, right? Sierra stuff like your Space Quest, King Quest and all that. Um, Phantasmagoria. Um, I've got that in there twice for some reason. Um, but And another huge hitting one is Tony Hawk. So, mm. Which which so, has had a very successful revitalization in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. So It, it did. Not enough to keep Vicarious Vision as its own entity, but... Um, <sighs> It is what it is. So. Yeah, but look, this is uh, you know this is the dynamic difference between Microsoft. Although I'm very worried about this, and we'll cover it in the overall thoughts at the end. But you know, Activision Blizzard is very beholden to we need to have billion dollar franchises and hmm. have annual you know setups. And you know, the numbers for Tony Hawk Pro Skater would have been perfect for Microsoft Game Pass, right? Hmm. People would have loved that if that was an exclusive, but it didn't translate into the numbers that Activision Blizzard wants in terms of billion dollar franchise so so under the Blizzard umbrella honestly this is where a lot of the strongest IPs current day you know um, Diablo Hearthstone or it's Hearthstone isn't it? Hearthstone, 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 Hearthstone Heroes yeah. of the Storm uh, Overwatch of course some classic Blizzard IP that you know they put in that Blizzard collection like your Lost Vikings and Blackthorn mm, and that Blackthorn and and then some massive hitters, Warcraft, obviously, World of Warcraft, of course, and StarCraft. So, and yeah, you look at that, like, I didn't mention it. I was I originally put it as a dot point here, but like the pipeline, a lot of the pipeline is on the Blizzard side at the moment of the games that are in production, like Diablo 4, Overwatch 2, mm. um, whereas obviously Activision, all their pipeline at the moment is really just the next Call of Duty which is huge, but that is essentially what it is, an, an ongoing war zone. And, of course, King, um, but I just, I literally only know Candy Crush, so. Yeah, and when you're looking at the 10,000 employees, a lot of studios are churning out those, like, on the Activision side, uh, Call of Duty. Like, that's just the reality. Yeah. Like, even, like, Toys for Bob were, like, getting on Call of Duty and Sledgehammer <laughs> and everyone. Um, I, you know, but I think there's still a lot of games that haven't been announced. And there was a reference to that, with Microsoft when they were, they went through to acquire Activision Blizzard, they sort of like literally came out saying, we're very excited about stuff that 
is in the pipeline that hasn't been publicly discussed. So you could be talking about the StarCraft 3. You could be talking about a brand new Warcraft, like actual Warcraft game. Who knows about World of Warcraft and their response and what they want to do there. Um, you know, well, they, they could have like a, you know, a new world or a new realm type of situation in World of Warcraft 2. So. Well, people either don't realize or forget that Elder Scrolls Online is actually pretty big money maker as well. Yeah, and is. so they essentially will have two pretty massive, one big and the other, but two massive MMOs under their wing with those two. And I was actually just looking at, I know it's been a while, but Activision used to hold the publishing rights to Destiny and all that stuff. Like it's, it's be wild if that hadn't happened and then they essentially would have Bungie back onto their wing and imagine that. That'd be pretty yeah, funny. Well, yeah, in, in terms yeah. of destiny but then yeah okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. wait do they own them as well <laughs> it was like oh, Microsoft no. just owns everyone yeah, yeah look i i think you're right like even when you go back to stuff like skylanders just like one thing randomly right skylanders you know relies on having a lot of ip like you know microsoft want to push back into the kids segment that's actually mm. one big thing that phil spencer called out late last year is you know, when they, they were sort of like, oh, you're done with acquisitions. And he was like, oh, far from. Like, mm. you know, we're not stopping and we need to do more in the child-friendly space. So you look at Crash, Spyro, but I, I look at Skylanders and I go, probably not the toys to life stuff. I think that's pretty much dead, apart from Amiibo that will never die. Um, had to work in the reference to Amiibo somewhere in this <laughs> chat. But um, with Skylanders, think about this now. They have access to all of Microsoft's IPs. You could literally have like Doom Guy in Skylanders now, you know, like all these random things. So, and all the rare catalog, dude. Like, I could really see them, you know, going through systematically, go, oh, yeah, we're going to reboot this. Let's get some kind of like a Tar Hero thing happening again. Like, so many of them. I don't think some of the ones like River Raid or Hexen or the Police Quest series. I know, stuff, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I just, any chance I get to mention River Raid, I will mention. <laughs> that is one of the biggest underrated classic games of all time. And one thing that we should say is, as well is, you know, now that they have, you know, 30 plus studios, there's a real human factor that to, to these things where you could have a studio and they go, shit, we are so passionate about an idea of like how to execute you know, something like a police quest or King's quest or space quest mm. or Tony Hawk or whatever. Right. Like that is a real thing that happens as well in these space, you know, like if you have a very talented studio within Microsoft, they're like, you know what, can we borrow that IP? We really want to mm. like do a game there. That'd be so cool. And you know, from an Activision and a blizzard side, and this would be post deal by the way, you know, they might look at it and go, well, yeah, we're not doing anything with it. We're working on other things, you know, have at it. And sometimes that's where the best work comes from, right? So hmm. that is going to be a massive benefit that Microsoft has, that they just have too much IP that like their studios can keep energized from that perspective. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like It was already insane to think about, look, we know that Xbox in the special last few years has had barely any games like yeah. there's games but yeah. there's, there's they're very few and far in between like heavy hitters you know yeah 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 like but it's like okay heavy, you know you had the gears fire for horizon five and it's like yeah. but they're, they're few and far between at the moment and then it's like it's all was pipeline with bethesda now and and ninja theory and all those studios now when you add this and whatever pipeline to that it almost becomes like i don't even know how they're like I know you've got multiple, multiple levels of management and structure in for this stuff, but like, how do you even remember 
what games are production if you're someone like Phil Spencer with the amount of stuff going on. It's just insane to me. Like at some point it's become so massive. Well, that, like, dude, like it's this, crazy. You know, this is the thing. And it's like similar to what I do for my work. It's, you know, it gets so high level that it's like magnets on a board and each magnet is like a whole studio's effort into one yeah. game, right? Which is like it's hundreds, nuts. if not a thousand people it could be up to in some of these AAA or quadruple A's some idiots are saying now. But, you know, I think what they'll do is exactly what Disney has done with their universes, right? Where they mm. go year by year by year because, you know, the financial component, as boring as it is, it's super important. Microsoft's a publicly traded company. Now this is becoming a bigger portion of Microsoft. Before, I'd always re- remind everyone, Xbox is like two-fifths of nothing within Microsoft. It's starting mm. to grow now. It's starting to actually be not a sizable part of their business, but it's starting to be more material, that they need to disclose more and be more mindful from a financial point of view. But they will map it out where it's like, and, you know, imagine the benefit that they have now. Like, I don't know what id's doing, but let's just say they're making like a Doom 3, but I don't think they are, but let's just say they are. Like, they'll have that as a magnet and go, okay, where's that going to line up to the next Halo game, to the next Gears game, to the next Call of Duty game? Like, they can go... One quarter, one quarter, one quarter, one quarter. <laughs> like each quarter, you're getting like these massive first person shooter games, which, like, in my view, and we'll come to this in the competition piece, but you know, like, in summary, I think, yeah, they'll be exclusive. If they're not on the console already, if you can't play them currently, I think they'll be exclusive to the Xbox console. So, fuck, it's like pretty. Like, this is why I just couldn't believe it. Like, we we joked about it like Activision or EA if they bought them or Take-Two. It's like, imagine if Grand Theft Auto was exclusive. Like, that's kind of wild to think about. But Jesus, man, they've, they've actually done it, man. <laughs> like, they've actually done it. So, I mean, what, like, out of all these games, you know, realistically, is, is there any that jump out at you where you're like, oh, shit, that'd be awesome if they, they did something different there than what Activision Blizzard was pushing in? Look, I am... I'm not the biggest fan of either Activision or Blizzard IPs. Like, I like Diablo 3, but I'm not a big fan of the series mm. in general. Um, never been into World of Warcraft and, and anything like that. Um, but I know that stuff's loved, right? So, But I don't think the Blizzard side of things anything um, there. For me, it would be... I'd be interested to see what... As you said, like, I would love if they delved into that classic catalogue. You know, mm. I don't think it's going to happen, or at least in the way that I'd want it to, but anything to do with those Sierra games would be awesome, even a collection or something. I know it would be hard to do on console, but even for PC, like put them in a collection. I know that stuff you can go out and play for free on, or get it on GOG or whatever, but I'd just like someone to pay attention to those classic IPs because that's stuff that I love, that's stuff I grew up playing. Um, but I'd also love to see, honestly, I actually wouldn't mind seeing another Guitar Hero, like a real Guitar Hero. I was hero thinking that as well, yeah. <laughs> I think, no, we're, I, don't I think think we're it's going to happen. I think we're due. No, I think it will, yeah. dude. I don't agree. I think it will. I think that that is, you know, I could... So the way I look at this is I go, Microsoft want to push into cloud, mobile, everything. They want to have deals with a lot of the TV manufacturers to start just having, you know, X cloud embedded into the smart TV like Netflix is, right? I wouldn't even be shocked if they will pay money to Samsung, you know, Sony, which would be interesting, by the way, but park that, but like Samsung to go, you know, you've got your big button for Netflix. We want a big button for like Xbox and that will mm. be like Game Pass. 
And then from there, I could totally imagine they, they bring back the plastic. They bring back mm. the plastic guitars because if you, if you take out the console, you're just like completely like skipping steps for people. Where like just general normal people, as much as gaming's massive, it's still not like the majority of people that are doing it. But if you make it so easy for people, it's like, oh, you can have a party and it's like you bring them back those plastics, but you're not having all the extra steps and the nerdy shit that people, they couldn't be bothered with, right? And just make it really easy for people. Same as like if they did like with Guitar Hero, DJ Hero, like, you know, those SingStar stuff, but in their space, it's just, I totally see that happening. Mm. But one thing I wanted to, to call out to you is like, and this is the kind of crazy shit that can happen and you can look at is you could actually have like a Tim Schafer quest game now, right? Yeah. double. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Double Fine could actually work on a new king's quest that's right <laughs> now that, that's insane. I've, I've implanted this idea for you <laughs> yeah that that's what i want you know i i oh no actually they would probably do best with space quests the space quest is the one that the humor would probably fit better with with double fine but like even quest for glory like that's a game that could you know they could do a remake of that or something like that or zork i forgot to mention zork is is also under activision umbrella so not that i don't think we'll see a, a zork but yeah it's look I'm. It's just the way it falls that I'm, most of the these I, these IP aren't my kind of thing. As much as I love RPGs, Diablo is just one of the ones that just doesn't fall into mm. that. But I'm yeah. Like we'll get to I guess the I think where the benefits are actually going to lie with this versus the overall potential negative <laughs> impression this gives me. <laughs> but I guess the maybe let's uh, let's have a bit of a talk about how it's going to impact Game Pass and everything there. Yeah, and I mean, do you have a simple headliner from your perspective? Like, I've heard, I'm sure you're the same as me, you've heard a lot of different opinions about what's going to happen. You know, people are very, like, stuck. You know, like, it will not be exclusive Call of Duty. It's impossible. You're an idiot if you think that. I just well, we're talking to... about exclusive or Game Pass because that's uh, the competition is kind of where I was going to talk about. Oh, okay, next, okay I'll park stuff. it there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for Game Pass, but, well, I think for yeah. Game Pass, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen, right? I mean, they've been pretty black and white all the way through. Yeah, like, but I guess the what I was hopefully leading to with this was: do we think that this will actually change their business model with Game Pass in regards to, you know, obviously they made the deal with EA. Um, yeah, you know, which, which we, is crazy. Yeah. So EA Play, which is like honestly, if you wait for three to six months, is feels like pretty much all the EA games. Yeah. Like, so they made that deal. It wouldn't surprise me Fuck. if eventually, well, maybe not now, but it would have wouldn't have surprised me before this news if they had because we know Ubisoft are bringing their service to Xbox, and at some point that they potentially. <laughs> even had some deal that wraps that stuff up together that would be crazy so that where i'm going with this is do we think at some point that they will actually potentially change their the way they structure you know we've got game pass game Pass pc and then you can buy them two two together as game pass ultimate right and you get other benefits with ultimate but like at some point does this like do you get additional subscriptions on top of this because of the you just like there's a massive amount of back catalogue 
that Activision could bring into this. Like, it's not just the new games; just the, they have a huge back catalog. And it's they like, will. How and many? Will. How many? Cat, how many Call of Duty games alone? Nineteen that would run. You know, nineteen mainline Call of Duty games will no, be but, available. Yeah, but yeah. you add that to everything else that Activision yeah. has done. Like, yeah. at some point, you know, Bethesda. That when they added all the Bethesda stuff, it obviously made sense. But Bethesda, you look at the the volume, they, the volume of games compared, it's nothing about Activision. So I'm just wondering at what point does do they say, look, we have whatever they call it, like a mega ultimate tier or something like. There's another level there, and I'm just wondering at what point does it make... like a Nintendo move of like going here's NSO and here's NSO yeah, plus. It's I think there's like one percent chance of that happening. Like, and even what Phil Spencer said in the investor call is very specific. It's that business idea of a flywheel. Like, how do you get everything working with each other and just, like, pushing in and reinforcing each other? So it's like the more content they get, the more people go, shit, I want to subscribe to this. And then every, every additional subscriber they get, it's not like that's costing them money. They just need more subscribers and it's more money, more money. The more money they get, the more content they can try to get. Mm. You know, like it all reinforces each other. I think like what will happen with the Game Pass, for sure, you can mark my words on this. It is going to be like double the current price in like five years, for Mm. sure. Maybe 10 years, but over time, it's going to go up in price, for sure. Like based on what you can get from it right now, it is way like... Like, they are subsidizing it big time, right? And I guess, like, we know, like, I've got it in the next section, but I guess I'll start to bring up Warzone now. Warzone is obviously free to play, right? And I don't know much beyond that because I've played Warzone, so I don't know really how exactly how they monetize stuff and all that. But just imagine if they have a benefit to, like, basically some way where they tie Warzone into Game Pass that essentially gives you additional benefits to playing Warzone. I'm just thinking sure. the huge player base they have now, like because it's free to play, you're not gonna you don't have to obviously sign up to Game Pass. And a lot could change before now and whenever, you know, twenty twenty three, whenever this does. Who knows what what states Warzone is gonna be in then. But I'm just thinking of a strategy to move across the huge install base and player base of that free to play game into Game Pass. You know, mm. whether or not it's exclusive battle pass that you know you only have access to if you're in an xbox game pass ultimate member or something yeah i was just quickly trying to see what did they do with uh elder scrolls online because from memory uh elder scrolls online was free before they acquired it right so it's free but not the expansions oh okay yeah but so... i don't think they did anything really crazy there from memory like i don't think they did any i'm not very into the elder scrolls online hmm. community or anything but from memory i don't believe they did anything too special with the whole game pass stuff i wouldn't imagine that would do that much to be honest um but i'm just saying it would not make sense to try to drive some of those people that are only playing warzone because that because it's free first of all but also it's hugely insanely popular like why anyway maybe we'll have to wait and see specifically on that one because it's so far away now but i guess yeah, the, the uh, last well, thing just, yeah i mean we can talk about it a little bit later but you know, I think if you look at the battle pass for Halo Infinite, that still exists, even if you're on Game Pass. So I couldn't imagine that would tinker too much with Warzone. That's mm. generating a stack of cash. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next segment, whether, like, what's going to happen with that, you know? Because the last thing I want to mention before we talk about the Sony, the ex- staff and exclusivity was 
And this is an area that I'm not too familiar with, but I've seen an insane amount of people talking about how this is going to impact the PC space mm. and like the ecosystem of Battle.net um, and yeah, everything to do with that. The fact that their stuff isn't on... I don't know if it, there is no Activision Blizzard stuff on Steam, but I don't believe there's all this stuff no is. Blizzard stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't actually. You're yeah. right. I don't think they don't. I don't think they have any Call of Duties on Steam either. Yeah. yeah. So because it also like I've, it took a while for Call of Duty to join the Battle.net stuff because Blizzard were obviously mm. very care. They're very, um, uh, they're very careful with everything they do with that Particular, stuff. Particular. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, I don't know if you had any thoughts about that because I've seen a lot of people talking about it. It's just an area that I just don't have a lot of familiarity with. So, like, I'll just say one thing off the bat. I oh, know Call of Duty is on Steam. Yeah, I don't believe the Blizzard games are. I don't remember ever seeing the Blizzard games on there. I hmm. might be like saying something really dumb, and actually they are. Nah, yeah, Diablo's not on there. Stuff like that. Call of Duty is on Steam. Um, I like. I always just think of Call of Duty as a console game for some reason. I just never think of it as a PC game. Um, yeah, look, you know my frustration with Game Pass. I like think Game Pass is amazing. It's just the PC experience sucks so hard. Oh, it's horrible. It's <clears> compared to horrible. Steam, like it's embarrassing that hmm. the operating system is Microsoft and then the Game Pass store, like the Xbox app, is horrible compared to Steam. It's not even like close. Like Steam, hmm. I've never had an issue installing something and just playing it. Like that's the way it should be. Whereas, well, I didn't. I didn't even list the Game Pass app in this thing because I don't even use it. Like, I <laughs> no, but you do need to Windows use it for store. some stuff. If you need to use like to activate the EA Play stuff, you need to use well, it. And... That's the thing. I've never had to use it. Yeah, no, but EA if you want to use so. that, it's that's yeah. what you have to do, right? And honestly, it's like a quarter to a third of the time it won't install for me, right? Mm. And I'm not doing anything crazy with my system. I'm not like hacking it. Everything's legit. It's just like so buggy. And then I read so much stuff online where people have it. It's buggy. Like, um, they really do need to, like, heavily invest in that space. I, I think, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like, if they're, if they're going to start pulling, which they haven't. I mean, the history has been Microsoft's actually adding more stuff on Steam. So I've bought, like, Halo Master Chief Collection on Steam. Well, that, that's, where so, I was, that, I, that's where I thought would mm. kind of lead to was, you know, now it will take a, a while, obviously. This whole deal will take a while, but... yeah. Does that mean essentially that all that stuff will move towards Steam? Because, you know, like, it just seems like the way Microsoft's been going with all their stuff recently. Yeah, I, th I think in the short term, yes. And then it's like in the long term, that's the question. One thing I did want to, now that we're talking about Steam, is this to me makes it even more imperative that they work out a way to get, like, all of their Game Pass stuff working effectively and xCloud working effectively on the Steam Deck. Because if you could, if they could figure out a way to do it, and I mean from a Phil Spencer point of view, to me that's a massive selling point. Like I'd be arguing, it's like, hey, dude, this is like our competitors to the Switch without needing to build the hardware that's hmm. subsidized. You know what I mean? Like that is a match made in heaven for them if they're able to get an easy way to get all of these games playing well on the Steam Deck. Like, I feel like that's... I haven't heard too many people talk about that, but I feel like that would be such a killer app. If you're getting, like, the Diablos, Call of Duties, everything running on that, that would be incredible. Like, I'd be like, holy shit, like, Xbox is pulling me in, these bastards. Mm. 
Um, well, I guess they also have to wait and see how the Steam Deck goes as well. Yeah, well, I'm it's expecting it. I'm ex- but uh, but I'm, expe- I'm expecting it to go well. It's more like it's also an unproven thing, you know, so... It's an unproven thing. I think uh, what I'd say about the Steam, like, hardware launches that they've had, it's not like their hardware doesn't work. It just doesn't hit the mark of what they, hmm. the market opportunity is. Like, everything they've built and made, it works effectively. I know some people who still use, like, the PC uh, Steam sort of, you know, connecting thing into the TV where you can play mm. remotely a lot easier and they love it like it's actually really hard to buy those things because they discontinued them but steam link steam link that's what it is yeah, yeah yeah thanks for saving me but um like based on what i've been following a lot of developers who've got the steam deck and they can't say we like it we don't like it but you know when someone's enthusiastic about something and they it's so obvious it's good that's mm. pretty much consistently across the board of the devs who have a Steam Deck, like, dev unit, how they talk about it. They're just, like, like literally in Twitter, like, oh, this is the only way I want to play our game now, <laughs> right? And I'm like, hmm. this must be a really good piece of tech. And we'll find out soon. There'll be It's releasing next month for the lucky people who have uh, have got it, which not including Australians. But let's jump into the competition part of it. Yeah. So, big question <clears throat> that everyone's asking. Um, yep. Very different opinion. Which I think is interesting, given that we've got the experience with Bethesda now. But are the games going to be exclusive? What is that going to look like? What's like? Do you have initial thoughts? I mean, there's so many elements to because there's so many games, so much IP. But there are there's a lot to think, consider here, and it's been interesting to see the angle um, that all the different subreddits and, and <laughs> websites yeah. take. You know, anytime you see something come up from a Sony or PlayStation subreddit, the angle is very different than uh, something off from Microsoft or Xbox. Yeah. Look, we've got a few... If we look at history here, we've got a few different examples to look at. You know, first of all, we've got something like Mojang and Minecraft. Yeah. That is obviously a platform. There's no Minecraft 2. Like, it's been the game, but obviously it's gotten steady updates for years and years and years on multiple platforms that Microsoft do not own. So we have a we have a previous case of, of them supporting ongoing on other platforms. Then we've got the Bethesda example where we've seen what's happened when they announced Starfield exclusivity. Mm. And we've seen, you know, potentially like whatever they're talking about with Elder Scrolls 6 and, and future stuff with that. Where I fall with this is I definitely think... Warzone will definitely continue and future versions of Warzone or whatever to be multi-platform because it is, that is basically, like, that is obviously a live service game. I think even if they move it to a new engine, that will still be considered Warzone. It won't be like a, a sequel yeah. or anything like that. So I definitely think Warzone myself, I think that's safe if you're a PlayStation player. But when it comes to future Call of Duty campaigns, for instance, because, you know, you could, I could see realistically at some point, you know, the multiplayer of Call of Duty, the, like the regular Call of Duty somehow being merged into the Warzone kind of ecosystem at some point. And well, it kind of came stuff. out of there, though. That's the weird thing about Warzone, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but I could see future campaign stuff being exclusive. So, yeah, to well, me, yeah. like that—that's where I kind of fall with that. Because, look, any Activision game from this point onwards could definitely be an Xbox exclusive. 
out once the deal's closed yeah, yeah yeah exactly so nothing that's in production at the moment um and i guess the blizzard side is very different so maybe i'll get your thoughts on the activision stuff now so well yeah and like going back to the question about exclusivity i for me like because i was i had a different view from you i think your view has turned out to be correct right my view was like i think there is an interesting thing and dynamic where it's like you release starfield on the ps5 hey guys in australia you have to pay 130 bucks for that or if you want to come over to xbox it's free as part of game pass like that's to Mm. me really compelling like i look at that and go well hang on a second game pass okay that's about 10 months of game pass almost a year of game pass and i get starfield and then i get all these other games versus i'll get it on the playstation 5 and i'm you know that's one game the only game i can play but that's not what happened like and you were right like and i would say that i was wrong like they literally just said this is not on any existing platform it hasn't been announced for any existing platform it's going to be console exclusive xbox it's going to be on pc and you know i guess x cloud and in that sort of game pass environment and that's it like screw screw you guys i'm going home mm. kind of territory i to me that informs everything that they're going to do going forward and like what they did with um death loop as well that's a microsoft game mm. theoretically they pretty much could have t- torn up the contract those contracts always have exit clauses and stuff like that but i think they're doing it from a that's just bad, bad pr you know we're gonna look like bullies if we do that we're gonna look like we're throwing our weight around if we tear this contract up, say Deathloop's uh, Xbox game only, you know, hey, you were playing Minecraft kids on so on PlayStation, can't anymore. You won't get updates and you'll fall out of line with your friends. To me, all of that is bad PR more than the money and the revenue. I think that's where people are getting this completely wrong, where people are like, oh, the money on the table and everything like that. Like, my argument wasn't as much about the money on the table, it's much as... It just like exposes the strategic difference between what Sony's doing and what Microsoft's doing. It's you're paying a big dollar amount for this game versus you can just get the subscription and get it for quote unquote free. Like, and that, that almost exposes it more than not having it on the other platform. But my view is, and I'm surprised that people like are so strong on this that they're like, ah, oh, you're an idiot if you think this, but maybe I'm an idiot. I genuinely think so. This year, Call of Duty 20 will come out. That That's going to be on everything, right? Because the deal won't close by then, hmm. blah, blah, blah. I think Call of Duty 21, which will be next calendar year, I think that will be Xbox exclusive. I don't think it will be on PlayStation hmm. at all. And people are like, I'm shocked that people are like, that's a dumb view. Well, okay, I've got a dumb view. That's what I think. I think that next year's COD will be Xbox only. Like, And I think Warzone will stay. I think everything that's currently on multi-plat will stay where it is the one question is like a good example is and we'll go into the blizzard one if you want to do that is diablo 4 has already been announced for playstation Mm. xbox for everything pretty much will they hold to that i'm not sure about that that's an interesting one like that's where you know you can get into this dynamic where people go wait a second it was promised for playstation and now you're reneging on that you guys are bullies you're throwing your weight around back to that kind of territory. But I think that is questionable for me. I wouldn't be shocked if Diablo 4... Depends when it's coming out, by the way. But, yeah, you know, that's... Like, I think that is probably far enough into the pipeline. Obviously, same, same deal with Overwatch. That 
by the time it hits clo deal close time mid next year or whatever it is like we probably would be I don't know if we'd be close to that game coming out, but would be close. We'd be in the marketing cycle of that game, so I I have a feeling I definitely could, but I would see I I definitely think Diablo Four and Overwatch Two would be coming multi-platform. But when mm. it comes to the other Blizzard stuff, so obviously World of Warcraft is only on PC at the moment. Um, and I don't yeah. see that coming to console or anything, but... Well, I mean, can I jump in there? I could see it coming to console. <sighs> Maybe. It's... The thing is, like, there's just, like... There's obviously lots of MMOs on, on all platforms, but I just think I'm, I'm, the fact that it hasn't made that jump yet is what is what kind of keeps me there, is it? You know, I guess they could do some version of classic or something and bring it over to console. But well, just on that game in particular, I think the thing is, you still pay for that game. That's not a free game. Right? Yeah, yeah. Microsoft has the direct experience with Elder Scrolls Online, going from paid to free, and the dynamics and the economics and how that all shaped up and the players and everything like that. And I look at this and I go, you know, once they get that across, we're we're kind of going into a one and a bit years time from now. I can't see World of Warcraft having a big injection of players from now to then. I think mm. that's almost the perfect timing to go, you know what, we're going to reinvigorate World of Warcraft, we're going to bring it to console, and we're going to make it free for everyone on Game Pass. Like, that's compelling. And again, go back to that flywheel. They don't care that they're losing the monthly World of Warcraft revenue because people will switch from World of Warcraft revenue to Game Pass. And it's just more mm. subs to Game Pass. Like, there's still millions and millions of people playing World of Warcraft. If they could just literally just go, okay, they're all Game Pass subscribers now. Mm. They're also advocates for Game Pass as well. They're like, okay, I've jumped on this. I was getting just World of Warcraft. Now I'm getting thousands of games and World of Warcraft. Like, you know, all these things are reinforcing each other, which I, that, I don't know. That's the lens that I'm always looking at this kind of stuff with. Um, how much does World of Warcraft currently actually cost? I, think, I thought it was about fifteen bucks a month Australian. It is. Wow, that's yeah. that's still which is Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> awesome in Australia, like that's you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying. It's like Activision Blizzard would never make it free. It doesn't make sense for them. They need that cash, right? And how it's structured and how they're positioned in the market. But Microsoft doesn't. Microsoft needs mm. subscribers. They need that mm. story to get bigger. The more subscribers they have, the better the scale their systems, X Cloud, everything. So I don't know. That's my view. I think that game in particular is going to go free to play at the end of 2023. I, like again, all these things, it's just massive announcements. You know, it's just like a quarter by quarter. When are we going to announce free to play for World of Warcraft? When are we going to, you know, do something cool with Diablo? Like it's freaking insane what they can do mm. now. Um, so I guess the last thing I want to ask about the competition here is, I guess the potential what's going to happen with Sony on this? Now, we know there's lots of rumours and lots of very credible rumours going around about um, them potentially launching a new subscription service that's obviously would have been in the works for a long period of time. I'm just wondering, uh, Sony have obviously been making acquisitions, smaller acquisitions over the course of this year and oh, last year, I should say, mm. and everything... You know, do you think that this leads them further towards a larger acquisition? No, they don't have the market cap for it. This is, again, like where I look. Number one, I don't think I genuinely don't think 
Microsoft sees Sony as a competitor. For sure, Phil Spencer, Xbox would see it as a competitor to a degree, but I, I do believe, I don't think it's hype and I don't think it's PR because I can understand the business logic of it. They want eyeballs and they want people engaged in their content. So their competitors are much more in the Netflix, Facebook, TikTok space than they are in the Sony space, honestly. Um, but just going back to the game piece, Sony, they're just, it's, they're not, that's not the game they're playing. But unfortunately, I think given the level of acquisitions that have now happened, you've got a permanent like segment in the market. And this is, you know, we'll get to overall thoughts at the end, but this is why I'm very like uncomfortable or unhappy about this scenario and this situation because, you know, they've, you know, if you're talking about the business concept of like a land grab, like Microsoft have literally grabbed half the land and they've gone, well, this is Xbox land now, you know, like you can never grab it. Like, <laughs> so this is Xbox land. I don't know if we're titling this episode. Yeah, we, we, will, we will. We'll call it Xbox land. <laughs> But um, this is Xbox land. That's what we have called the show. But um, but you know what I'm saying? It's like they've got so much IP, so much like talent, you know, devs that, you know, if you want to enjoy all of gaming, you now need to have some Xbox exposure, you know? So I, I look, I think it'd be foolish if Sony even tried to, you know, I know I've seen some, in my opinion, like weird dis- views on like oh they should buy square or they should like they'd only do that as a very defensive position but i don't think it makes any sense square will go oh fantastic sony you want to buy us xbox do you want to buy us as well let's have a bidding war you know what i mean like it just doesn't make sense to me can i adjust the question then to be do you think this will push sony because i've already do this to even go further into securing exclusivity deals with those kind of publishers. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like further than they no- yeah, yeah, even yeah, currently yeah. do. Yeah, I think... There's, no- there's been rumours that about the Final Fantasy series in general, and we know obviously, you know, Remake and 16 is only confirmed currently for from a console standpoint for, for PlayStation 5. Like, do they then look at those series and say, okay, we've got to put our foot down and really nail these for... Let's say long term, like six, seven, eight year kind of, you know, ranges. Yeah, look, I think that they'll do something like because it's the enemy of my enemy type of territory with this stuff. Mm. I genuinely think they'll go something like, you know, to take two and say with GTA, can we have a one year exclusivity and we'll pay you a hundred million dollars? Now, like a hundred million dollars sounds like fuck, that's a lot of money. But it's like a thousandth almost of what they've just done by Activision Blizzard. Don't, don't know if I've ever heard the term thousandth, but uh, it's, it's I like it. It's crazy, right? It's, you know, yeah, it's it, it's like phenomenal. And that's why, yeah, I do think that they will go down that path. But it, more, it won't be, you know, permanent exclusivity. It'd be similar to what they've done with Final Fantasy uh, 15, uh, sorry, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, where... It's like a continued time exclusive. It mm. all appears like unofficially. No one knows publicly, but that's what it seems unofficially. And I think they'll have to go bigger. And and just to push back confidence in the kind of mainstream gamer, like people like us, it's that's not what they're worried about. They're worried about that punter on the street starting to look and go, actually, like Xbox is a pretty good option 
They're mm. more in the... Like, this is the other thing that Sony's going to struggle with. There are... Just because they're selling two to one to Xbox, ballpark, so two PS5s for every one Series X or S, that the problem with that is they're producing the consoles almost like kind of at a similar rate. You're going to end up getting more Series X, more Series S in store. So people are going to go, well, fuck, like... They're going to have Call of Duty for free. They're going to have this. They're going to have all of this stuff on Xbox. It's going to, to me, get back to the old days where it's 360, where people go, well, 360 versus PS3, you know, there's pros and cons, but it's super viable to get a 360. Whereas I know you're like a massive Xbox gamer, but honestly, the PS4 shits all over the Xbox One, like, and its library just destroys mm. it. Absolutely destroys but it to, to the general punter. But- to the yeah, general it's a punter. general punter, but yeah. it really depends on the kind of games you want to play. Yeah, but 100%. to the general punter. To the general yeah, punter. Look, it's I'm not, not a competition. I, yeah, that, but uh, to, like shits on, I think, is a is a really... To the general punter, uh, it does. Unfortunate sure. way to talk about it because it really depends how much you like those exclusive games. So. Yeah, but I'm just saying to the general punter. It's like, you know, it's, it's only the bolted on people in the general public that would stick with like an Xbox One over a PS4, right? Some people are just like, I'm an Xbox gamer, I'm a Sony gamer, mm. you know. I'm not talking about in, like niche or anything like that. Whereas, yeah, I think with this, even like I, I'd say this, you know, and this is rambling, but I was like going, fuck, I'll probably have to get a Series X now. That's what I thought after all this today. I was like, this, these motherfuckers have bought so much shit. I'm just like, fuck, what am I going to do? Like, you play I, it on PC. That's yeah, but it's shit. Know. Their fucking PC experience well, is so if they, shit. If they, but if they improve it, oh, I you don't know, believe then, they will. But yeah, they yeah. they need to. They need to because people are gonna like more people are gonna game on PC and go, wait, this is crap. But you've got to you've got to give up on the EA games and just install from the Microsoft Store. That's what you want to do. No, but I, I want to play the EA games. I want to play <laughs> that it takes two, but it sucks the way it all works. So right. no, I so don't you, think Sony re- retaliate, but. It's going to be fascinating when they... It seems like they are going to launch their Game Pass competitor. And supposedly it was going to be within the next few weeks. That's the sort of hot rumours out there. So imagine them doing that now. Like, if Just imagine if they were going to announce it next week. They'd be like, fuck you, Microsoft. Like They're, they're just going to... It's going... To, we know it's not the case or... Who knows? Maybe they knew about this a while ago. But we know that this stuff would have been planned a while ago. But in the general public, the general punter, as you said, mm. they're going to be like... It's, yes, they they just announced this because Microsoft bought exactly, exactly. So yeah. that's they're thinking about that. They're like, how's this gonna play? Like we're gonna go, oh, you know, all our cool studios will go. You know, you can you can play them, but then people are gonna go, wait a second, you can do that with PS. You know, plus there's already a big collection. Like how much extra am I getting? So, I I wonder because I don't know from a legal standpoint how much you have to disclose before you know announcing and stuff, but. I wonder if Microsoft had potentially planned this announcement to not happen right now and kind of also almost jumped, <laughs> the, not jumped the gun, but pushed, for, pushed went faster because yeah. of that. So it'll be an interesting next two months to say the least. But Intergot, this, yes. could, all, uh, this could all be for nothing if uh, certain powers that be don't allow it to be. So I don't know if you've got any thoughts on... Yeah, I'll, I'll dust off my legal, European the, Union the, legal <laughs> degree that I have in The legal European side court. of this, um, we're not going to obviously be too detailed, just whether yeah. or not we actually think this deal will actually go ahead. And this is mostly my experience of like working on deals in the European Union 
being aware of that and then also listening to some uh, folk who, you know, are experts in this space. But look, I, I don't think it will qualify any of the threats around monopolies or anything from a, a, a Truman Act in the States. So I think it will fly through the States. They're doing this weird thing in America now where, you know, the experience literally with Microsoft and, you know, accusing them of being a monopoly antitrust and stuff like that, it really burnt the Department of Justice over there in the end. So they've taken a opposite tack now where they're allowing the mergers to happen and then after the fact questioning if it's a monopoly so there's a there's an active investigation into facebook and a discussion about breaking off whatsapp and instagram from facebook like it's an active thing that's happening at the department of justice which is crazy it's like it's already happened you mean from meta (laughs) yeah well meta now yeah it would be yeah 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 but um look so i don't think there'll be any opposition in the u.s and one of the indicators you can have of do you think this is all going to happen is that Activision Blizzard, although the shares have been f- like frozen from trading uh, momentarily, they've gone active again and they're trading around the buy price that Microsoft's going to pay, right? So what that means is if I buy Activision Blizzard, like Microsoft's going to buy it off me for about the same amount, right? That's an indicator of the market saying the odds that they think the transaction will go through. Because if Microsoft falls away, it was trading at a premium, it would go back to being about like, I think it was trading at like the 50s and 60s, $70 mark versus the $95 mark, right? Because it wouldn't and make... I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just clarify, Intigot is not providing financial advice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seek independent advice, yes, please. Yeah, legal you. and tax Thank advice, you. yeah. Et cetera, um, et cetera. I think the only quirk would be the European Union and that would be like... I think it would honestly be Microsoft fucking something up and pissing them off, maybe mm-hmm. with other things that they're doing in the European Union. And Because, look, honestly, the European Union <clears throat> can get, like, more political than anyone and more vindictive. So they might, like, use this as a mechanism to whack Microsoft, you know, for something else they've done, you know, with Azure or Windows or Office or whatever. It's like, well, okay, you know, you need to get it through us. And they, they're seriously vindictive and in the eu like there's some real crazy shit that's happened over there especially with antitrust so but look i think you can see the market and what activision blizzard's trading at they're pricing it in as a 98 plus percent chance of happening so it's it i think from that point of view it's probably going to happen the next component of it is like if they go and try to buy an ea or a take two Mm. like like that might be the because they've bought the biggest publisher outside of the, the three console manufacturers, I think they've already, they've already got to the point where it's like they're almost now demonstrating the monopolistic behavior and the antitrust behavior, you know? Like, and it's, a, it's an interesting... I wonder if they thought about that internally, if they thought, you know what, if we want to acquire more, maybe, you know, let's buy Square and Sega and stuff like that first and then go try to buy an EA or an Activision. But mm. you know what? I think ultimately what's happened here is with all the cultural dramas that Activision Blizzard's had, that this has been an opportunity because their share prices dip so much. to actually mm. go, well, this is probably the best opportunity we'll have to buy one of the biggest publishers. Like, let's get in there. So maybe, maybe we can uh, go to that topic, given that it's a nice little segue. Um, yeah, in terms of structure, like, what are your thoughts? So I tried to find it, but there was this chart um, that Microsoft put put out um, when they acquired Bethesda that showed that 
Xbox Game Studios and Bethesda were two different pillars underneath the Xbox. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Um, I guess, banner. And so my assumption is that this Activision Blizzard will essentially become a third pillar. So it's not, though. I can correct that straight away because with the investor call, they really specifically mentioned that Activision Blizzard will report directly to Phil. But Phil is now heading up all three of those pillars, though. That's what I'm saying is that will it be, as opposed to them moving stuff underneath the Xbox Game Mm. Studios banner, will Activision Blizzard, because it was such a big publisher, bigger than Bethesda, essentially fall as that third pillar where it's not an Xbox Game Studio, it's still Activision Blizzard. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of cachet in that brand, like in terms of especially Blizzard. I would be surprised if they got rid of it even as as a label or a publishing label. Um, but I think, you know, and we'll kind of, you know, touch on the culture next, but like, I I think they need to shake it up a bit. You know Mm. what I mean? I think it's not like Bethesda, which was well run by all accounts that we know about, um, and very specific culture and everything like that. I feel like if you're inside of Activision Blizzard, you want to change, you know what I mean? Mm. Like you want it to be shaken up. Whereas with Bethesda, it's more like, we just want more scope, like go and do mm. cool stuff and don't worry about money anymore. Effectively, you're in a $2 I, trillion dollar company. So, I know this is getting a bit pedantic, but they're so big that in theory you could actually say maybe bundle Activision and King together and maybe even have Activision as one pillar and Blizzard yeah, yeah, as yeah, another yeah. pillar. So they've essentially got those four pillars, like the Xbox Game Studios, which... I say small studios, none of them are tiny. Well, there's a couple of tiny ones, but, you know, like your Obsidian, your Double Fine, and obviously um, the Coalition, all the, the 343 and all that stuff. And then you've got those other three, the Bethesda, Activision, and then Blizzard. So it'd be interesting to see if I'd, it wouldn't take... They can't talk about that stuff, obviously, like, no, really. So it'd be interesting to see when it hits that... God, I can't believe it's going to be next year um, to see how that all lands, but... I guess uh, the question that seemingly everyone is talking about outside of Sony is what's happened to good old Bobby Kotick? Bobby Kotick. I think... Bobby uh, Kotick, the, the best... Did did Bobby, Bobby Kotick win Bobby, our Bobby heel? Kotick. Bobby, Bobby, did Bobby Kotick win our heel of the year or was that someone else? No, that was Grand Theft Auto, I think, won it. Yeah, I think I argued for that. For that he, Bobby, Bobby and Activision were, were in the running, though. Not Definitely not um, the game industry's favourite... Person, no, and so. I think like we didn't really cover a lot of it. Partly, like you know, we're trying to have fun doing the show, right? We don't want to mm. be like depressed every show. Uh, but a horrible situation, obviously. Uh, it's completely unacceptable for anyone to be in any workplace and not feel comfortable, right? Fundamentally, and I think we all—I could say that on all of our behalf. Um, and this dude, I like this is where I get a bit frustrated with people going, "Oh, this is great," and Phil and all this stuff. I mean. Like, they've given this guy the easiest out ever because hmm. he's going to get, like, he's got a structure with his contract that basically says he's going to get a third of a billion. Wait, am I getting those numbers right? Three, I think it's like 300. It's, clo- it's like close to 300 million. Yeah, 300 million. Yeah, as, a, as an exit, like, if it's a change of, you know, company and all this. Like, hmm. he's going to get 
hundreds of millions of dollars from this. He owns a shitload of Activision Blizzard shares. So part of the reason why they could never get rid of him, the board, because he himself owns so many shares, like material amount of shares. And, and he's not going to have the, to face anything, dude. He's not going to have to face up to the music. No way. The So Microsoft basically, obviously, you know, we said it in the press release, but said, oh, he will, you know, remain a CEO and stuff. Yes. But the amount of people that are... That, like, I know not everyone looks too closely at stuff, and especially in, in video games, there's a lot of people that just don't pay attention or maybe are not old enough to probably think things through, but they can't do anything. They can't... It's not like they can go, oh, they made this announcement, let's oust him. Like, they don't own the company yet. You know, they literally can't yes. do anything. And by all accounts or at least, you know, the reports that we're seeing, however they notice information, I don't know, but, you know, is that it's very likely he will exit once that 100%, transition happens. 100%. So it's just, just because they made an announcement, they had to make an announcement. What are they going to say? Like, are oh, we going to kick him out? But we don't own the company yet, you know. Well, like, it's illegal. It's, it's illegal for yeah. them even to say that. So, this is where people don't like and understand. Like, they're not in markets, so they just don't know how these things work. But Xbox and Activision Blizzard are both technically publishers. They're both competitors. Mm. You can't work together. Mm. You can't even align on strategy and those kind of things because it's an anti-competitive behavior. So they absolutely wouldn't be indicating this is what we're doing, this is not what we're doing, but it would be 100% a part of the terms of the settlement and the deal and what they want to do. And honestly, the mere fact that they're paying this in cash, they could have paid this in Microsoft shares, but the fact that they're paying it in cash makes it the cleanest way that you can exit people. Because otherwise those people become big Microsoft shareholders, right? Mm -hmm. They don't want that. They don't want this guy. They don't they want to see the end of this guy, honestly, right? No, 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 no. And like the guy, like this is where I get frustrated. This guy is going to fucking walk away scot-free, basically. Let's be real. Like he'll, he, no way a person like that who's been the CEO, the head honcho for so such a long time would even want to report to Phil Spencer or anyone else, right? Exactly. Like what, imagine body, <laughs> Bobby Cotty. He said Bobby You want his body. Bobby Cotty. <laughs> Imagine Bobby Kotick being on like the Microsoft leadership team or the yeah. Microsoft game leadership. Like that's not going to happen. Well, like, so Phil reports to Satya, so he'd be like he'd have two levels of management above him, right? Like this is a guy who's literally been the CEO for twenty five years, is it, or thirty years? Like, and no look, way he wants to. He 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 would speak. He even mentioned it in the press conference when Satya Nadella became the CEO of Microsoft. He had a call with him, one on one call with him on day one, right? Like that's yeah. how big Call of Duty is that he can call the freaking CEO of, of bloody Microsoft on day one, right? There's no way that guy's going to report and go, oh, yeah, he's my manager once removed. Like no mm. way, never. And, and, and look, obviously I don't have, I have very little love for anything that Bobby Kotick has been a part of, but at the same time, from a business standpoint, obviously, he's taken, he's made Activision Blizzard and the people that obviously worked for him um, into a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. So from a business standpoint, obviously, he, he's made a lot of right decisions, but at the same same time, he's represents a lot of what's horrible about that kind of, you know, I guess, massive corporation and, and especially the stuff recently. I think that's what's put people over the line because, no, he's been a hated figure for a long time, but I think at this point that was the way he's handled stuff is inexcusable if all those accounts are to be believed. So, 
Yeah, and there's what you know. It's all accusations, but it's I, I am a believer. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. When you yeah. have so many people uh, coming out, but uh, you know, for me, the interesting thing is not just Bobby Kotick, right? Because it's not just like I know that people like to demonize always like one person, and mm. I I am a believer he, that he, he's got a very demon demonizable face. As well. <laughs> he does, but. doesn't he? But you know, I'm a believer that you know a single figure at the top can really sway a whole culture. So he certainly not helped the culture and he certainly mm-hmm. pushed it in a bad direction. But what you get from those situations is a layer of management under him and under them that inf- reinforce it and reflect mm-hmm. him. Right. So I think the interesting thing now for me and for us to, you know, monitor over the next year and maybe year and a half, depending on when the deal closes is, how many of these people who are running, like, you know, Dev Studio One in Blizzard, you know, Treyarch, Infinity Ward, etc. How many of the senior leaders in that space are like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to explore my opportunities elsewhere. It's been a great run, blah, blah, blah. Because they're going to look at it and go, fuck, this is going to be like judgment day when we get across to Microsoft. We better get out before... Mm. You know, we get over there and then everyone's like, well, that guy's a prick. Like, we've got to get rid mm. of that guy. Because it's a, it's like the great reset. It actually gives them an opportunity to go, we've got to get rid of these people. So, yeah, I'm 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 going to monitor the hell out of that. I reckon it's going to be really interesting to see many people leave. So, talking about pricks. <laughs> Culture. I think the so. last, the, the, technically, the last kind of mini segment we've put together yeah, here yeah. is obviously talking about... We're not going to go into detail about their last 12 to 18 months or whatever it's been, but there's obviously a huge culture problem at Activision Blizzard and it's one that they have been trying to fix in some ways and trying to apparently not trying to fix in other ways. There's obviously two... The, the one, the biggest thing here is all to do around that, you know, the lawsuit about sexual discrimination and and everything around that sexual misconduct that's been the headlines um, that we have I, I kind of part of me regrets at least not bringing it up on the show just because it's a chance to kind of an, ad- admonish that kind of you know toxic mm. culture in in the games industry but at the same time it is very it's a very um tricky line to walk to cross especially one that's still being written because yeah we know allegations are allegations, right? But they have a huge problem on their hands um, to fix. And the question is, what am I, what role will Microsoft play in that, especially when it comes that handover day? You know, it's, it's that kind of stuff doesn't, can't be fixed overnight. No, and I disagree with a lot of people's take in this space around oh, this is great because this will all get cleaned up before Microsoft closes the deal. I'm like, uh, no, like these things take years, especially mm. when it's a state like California suing a corporate entity. Like that's not common. They don't do that every day, like in, in this way, in this particular way, right? Um, yeah, it's a real tricky one. Like I I think, and it really frustrates me, but these type of situations politically always allow for outs for everyone, right? Because, you know, ultimately everything does become political. And if you look at California, they want to come away with a win, right? With this. They've sued them, so they need to come away with a win, right? So that's where they're coming from. 
I know that like you love to go, oh no, they're trying to do the right thing, all this other kind of stuff. That's not the reality. The reality is like whoever's leading the case want to make wants to make a name for themselves, probably run for political office. Um, and then on the other side of the f- equation, Activision Blizzard's like, fuck, okay, you know, we want to resolve this in the cleanest way possible. But now that there's this acquisition that's happening, what mm. normally happens in this position is everyone just goes, again, I've experienced this. I can't talk about where I work, but I've seen these kind of acquisitions or de-acquisitions or demergers. And it's like, what happens internally is everyone just says, we're, we're going to get bought in like six months time or a year's time. I'm not doing anything until that's mm. done. Right. And I just think they will, you know, figure out ways to just delay, 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 delay. Then it will get to Microsoft and Microsoft will just go, how do we do this as quickly, cleanly as possible? Mm. Because what they can say is that's not us. We're good. That was mm. them. That's a different layer of management. We've gotten rid of the guy who's the biggest cause of it. Like how do we settle California and get on with it? And California will go, oh, this is a win for us. Like, let's just get this done and move on. Yeah. And And I don't think it will really address the issue. That's the thing that frustrates me. And with the, uh, and to be clear, like I I put in here, uh, apparently like at least 40 people have left Activision or been removed from Activision Blizzard, like in the timeframe this stuff's been happening. But obviously this is a deep seated kind of culture. Um, And I also have no experience or exposure to Activision Blizzard's internal workings, but it's just clear to anyone. The, but with just like in the scope of what this buyout was, what sixty eight point seven billion, like they could they could settle this case so quickly and easily, as you oh, said, yeah, yeah. finance from a financial standpoint, because they're like, look, what do we need to do? Let's write, let's just just as you said, it wasn't us, but here we've settled it. Yeah, he's 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 the whatever, I, and I have no idea what settlement terms are in this kind of case. But it's like they obviously have the money to do whatever they need to do, and when you compare it to the amount that they just bought Activision for, it's a drop in the pond. I'm like, I'm sure they've already uh, allocated the amount. <laughs> yeah, like it's... honestly, you know, they'll go like, how much is it worth? Because it's not worth their time, and yeah, as opposed to Activision Blizzard, they have people they're trying to protect. You know, Bobby Kotick. Mm his leadership team, their leadership team as it goes through. Mm. But going across to Microsoft, they don't care about that. Like mm. they want the devs. They want the the teams broadly. They don't need the leadership team. Like they all want, of those things want, can be replaced. They want Call of Duty. They want yeah. World of Warcraft, Diablo. They want the IP yeah. and they want the, the games that are coming. And generally it's not the senior leaders that are making the games. They're making decisions about directions. But, you know, as we've seen, Phil Spencer's got an army of people from a strategic mm. point of view and delivery and production and marketing and all that kind of stuff. Like those kind of people are very replaceable, like amazingly the senior leaders. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's such an easy deal for Microsoft to do. And uh, yeah, I think we're on the same page. This will all happen after the acquisition or mm. what happened before, but you know, it also goes to this question about the unionization efforts that they're trying to push yeah. for. Look, uh, we we are very different, obviously. Like, we probably come from different sides of the fence on this. I'm not a big, in like, fan or interest in, like, unions and game devs and kind of in general. Um, but I, I'd imagine you are a little bit more in favor of that. But mm-hmm. I feel like in general, and I'll let you speak to that in a sec, but I feel like this whole union push is dead in the water now because of Microsoft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, they're just not going to win. No, no. <laughs> It's like, 
and like what hope does it have underneath a Microsoft umbrella? Like zero. It's yeah, it's nah. Because um, the stakes are even bigger for Microsoft not to allow any unions mm. in Microsoft in general, right? And then also they could just turn around and go, oh, okay, so you don't want to work on the, okay, so yeah, like we'll just take these IP and get other people to work on it. We literally have yeah. other studios like to replace yeah. it. It's just, it's dead in the water. I feel bad for them. Like if they wanted to unionize, because that ain't going to happen now. Like it, zero chance now, no chance. Mm. So I'm not sure what they're supposed to do. It's, it's kind of shit for those people to be fair, because it's it going to be stasis under Activision Blizzard. And then Microsoft are going to be like, look, we're different, you know, even though they're not. Like, as you've got in the notes around Microsoft, right? Yeah, so Microsoft just last week uh, announced, and this is Microsoft in general, not just the Xbox. Yeah, corporation. Announced that they will review the effectiveness of their own sexual harassment <laughs> and gender discrimination policies and practices, including a review into allegations like historical allegations against senior leaders like Bill Gates as Don't well. Us. So timing... Very interesting. Um, no coincidence that people would put two and two together here. Um, whether or not, you know, like, obviously they would have preferred to have this out before anyway, but whether mm. or not, you know, you could do conspiracy theories around this. But the point is that they are obviously trying to get their own house in check to make sure yeah. that no one looks back on them. You know, they, as you said, they have, they, they are posi positioned, or at least Xbox, in such a good PR position at the moment that that is almost their biggest uh, it's like reputational risk. You mm, know, that's true. They, they can't have someone looking at them as hypocrites, hypocrites with this. Yeah, and look, like I know people who work at Microsoft. Like it doesn't seem like outwardly or internally that's the type of culture it is. Whereas no. it does feel like by all accounts and even the public disclosures of some of the senior leaders at Blizzard are like really creepy in my opinion and like set over sexualization of women and like in the games as well and all these kind of things i'm like like again it's accusations but you know for me there is a little bit of an element of where there's smoke there's fire right it mm. can't be so many people making up stuff like i just find that very hard to believe and did you want to cover anything else with the culture before we close out with the final thoughts no, there's, you know, I guess some final opinions around this kind of relate to it, but no, let's let's get to what we actually really think about this <laughs> yeah. whole thing. Uh, so you're you're an hour and a half in. <laughs> let's let's tell you what we think about this deal. Do you, do you want to open the batting or? Yeah. So, well, could you like, and we should give context quickly for people. Like, you're the Xbox fanboy. You're like leading the console wars and hating on anyone. You would never have a PlayStation in your house. Whereas I am agnostic. <laughs> that is, none of that is true, although I only recently just got, I haven't had a PlayStation for a while and I only just recently got a PS5. Um, but I am a, I am an Xbox player. Like yeah, that is yeah. my primary platform. Um, back when I couldn't, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I'm fairly certain back with the Bethesda acquisition that while I saw benefits, the biggest downside that I saw with that is probably my biggest downside to this as well, which is taking games away from people. You know, take, making games exclusive from... Like, there's one thing to make games internally, especially for a new IP and an IP that's been exclusive or owned by, let's say, Microsoft for a long time, like Gears of War. And it's another to take um, Elder Scrolls and Fallout and away from 
from fans of especially on the platform with the biggest install base playstation that's exactly the biggest downside i see of this is that i i hate the fact that there is potential that call of duty will be an exclusive game or at least you know the the mainline releases yeah. call you know, of duty 21 the, whatever it is the diablo 4 or 5 or future games or overwatch or any games in any series that people love take it away from them just because they you know that were multi-platform games that sucks man it absolutely sucks i didn't when i saw this news i was shocked but i wasn't like oh that's awesome like to me I, mm. I, how do you have that reaction unless you are so have have xbox shoved up your ass basically you were such a fanboy that you you in delight in people losing things they love mm. yeah know, and I, I always tell you that you're an xbox fanboy and stuff like that but you're not like you're an xbox fan but not a fanboy you're a you know that's your primary driver of the platform you have like the xbox series x and the ps5 Elders, uh, sorry, Elden Ring, you're getting on the Xbox. I'm getting on the PS5, yeah. right? Like, that's just people have their preferences. So, your yeah. preference is Xbox, um, to be fair to you, as much as I joke around about that stuff. But yeah, I mean, like, I totally agree with you. I think it's fucking. I never understood the whole console war thing. Like, I remember even back in the day when we were kids, I, I maybe I exhibited it. I don't think I did, but, you know, like uh, Super Nintendo versus a Mega Drive for us, like a Genesis for the mm. States. Like, I just didn't like that platform. Like, my cousin had one, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, it's got some games I've never seen before, but it wasn't my thing, right? Um, but I wasn't like, I hope that platform loses all their games and, you know, somehow they steal Sonic away or whatever. Like, it's yeah. such a weird, sick, like, psychology to have, right? And, yeah, it's... I don't think it's a majority of people, but it is disturbing a bit to me and where people are, are like going down that path the one thing i do understand is you know because we're both very fortunate like we can afford to buy pretty much anything gaming related that we want right not everyone's in that scenario right so i can imagine people going you know what i've invested in like the series x and this is awesome because what this means is I don't have to go and pay for the next Call of Duty because I've got Game Pass. Like, you know, some people could be just like, that's the only thing they have, Game Pass. And the news for them, it's like, wow, this is cool. Like, these are all going to come mm. day one. Like, I don't have to pay for them. And I can just kind of basically, you know, you know, and not everyone's earning a huge quid. So it's like, okay, that's an amount of money I'm paying and that's what I'm able to get for it. So... I do understand those people thinking it's good, but for me, I, like I said to you guys privately, I go, this is like a dark, dark day for gaming. This is like one of the worst news items that I've seen because it also, to me, like if people think this is where Microsoft stops, there is no reason at all they would not, if they could get the right terms, they would not buy out more publishers and more game studios. There's zero reason. If they can do it, they will do it because it's that flywheel, getting more games, more content, more people subscribing, you know, more money to buy more games. It all reinforces each other. So that to me, I'm like, the fact that they've got the goal to go and buy the biggest publisher outside of the console manufacturers, I'm like, they basically, it wouldn't shock me at all now if they go and buy Take-Two. Or they go and buy EA. And I think it would be terrible. I think it would be horrible. 
And I think this yeah. news is horrible, honestly. Yeah, like I overall this I do not like this news at all. But the like the those positive angles, those little positive things, like the one thing for me from a positive standpoint is although I have it hasn't been like this for a while, but there was a period of time where there was uncertainty about Microsoft and Xbox in general and yeah. their future and how much they, you know, were dedicated to remaining as as a at least a console. Mm. Um obviously they're always going to be dedicated to PC. But and while it's been a while, especially with all the other acquisitions they made, this at least does cement the that they are in it for the long haul, or at least as a platform like Game Pass in for the long haul. Who knows about hardware wise? Yeah. Um, and as someone that is very invested in that ecosystem, there is a part of that that's like, okay, well, at least, you know, them really planting themselves down with these ludicrous acquisitions means that they are dedicated to Xbox and Microsoft Gaming, I guess, as being a thing for very long term. But mm. I don't necessarily agree that this was the right way to do that. There's obviously other ways, you know, internal development and, and things like that, building your own IPs rather than just buying out stuff that's already money makers. But I guess for me, another positive is... Well, just before you move on, because I've just got a point yeah. on what you just said. It's so interesting what you said. Like, I reckon if you asked me at the start of 2020, so before we started doing the show, or maybe like day one of doing the show, right? It's like 10 years time, could you see a world where there's only, say, Sony versus Nintendo? And that's how consoles are cut, right? Mm. I go, yeah, I totally fucking see that, right? But you are 100% right. I think with what they've done, Bethesda and Activision Blizzard and the investments they've made in this space... To me, I'd be so shocked that in 10 years' time, there wasn't still PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. Fight. Mm. Like, you know, they're not even fighting against each other, but as a segments of console, like, yeah, that's, to me, like a 99% chance now, given what they've done here and what they've paid and stuff like that. So, yeah, sorry, go on. No, that's okay. The, the one other positive I see from this is... And it's not just from a culture standpoint, it's also about development philosophy and the business model of, and their IPs. I do see this as a chance, whether or not it's going to happen is who knows, a chance to heal Activision and Blizzard mm. in the sense that Activision, all their studios, are just it's just become the Call of Duty. Activision is just Call of Duty, that's all. Like, you just look at what they did with Vicarious Visions and, you know, obviously that's not Call of Duty, but they... They were making non Call of Duty games under the Activision label. Toys for Bob. Were Toys making... for Bob. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and essentially, they. I think there was a report. You alluded to a report yeah. at some point where it said every single studio, maybe not hundred percent, every single studio in Activision is working on Call of Duty. Some element. Yeah, exactly. And for yeah. someone that has absolutely zero interest in Call of Duty, like this gives me a bit of hope that those development studios and and stuff there may start to be some creative and new voices come out and potential new titles because activision's put out games before that i do like yeah yeah and so i see that as a chance to heal that potentially who knows from that regard that as you you and you raised a great point before that microsoft under microsoft not every game has to be a 10 million dollar 50 million dollar yeah. seller whatever right that 
we have, may see some of those that IP come back and oh god I would love a double find space quest game you know yeah that would be like I've I've now willed this in, into your mind where you're like holy shit I like know. you know they've got costume quests maybe that's their yeah. allusion to it but uh and and just last thing I'll say on that because you know I guess you might have some thoughts but is that if on the Blizzard side Blizzard is no longer the Blizzard that people loved. You know, just look at their fail failures in a lot of ways. You know, I, I, I think though that there is the heart there still. I would argue versus a Bioware or a Rare. I think that not, they're different. But yeah, I, go on. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it's gone completely. But yeah. just look, World of Warcraft. Agree, 3, agree, sorry, agree. Warcraft yeah. Three remastered, and I'm sure it's a great game. But Diablo Immortal, all the missteps or at least PR missteps they've made. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is. I could see as part of this blizzard at some point can also heal, but who knows? So that that's to me almost the biggest benefit I see out of this. But overall, I'm not a fan of this acquisition. Because when did they get bought out? Acquisition by Vivendi, Vivendi merger with Activision. Okay, that was 2008. 2008. Yeah. So I listed it before they, um, yeah. So that's why it's a merger. It's not, you know. Yeah, but like, a, yeah, like yeah. when one party's so much larger yeah, than the other, it's, yeah. it's yeah, merger. Um, yeah, a couple of things on what you said, like really, really interesting points. I, I, I do believe that there is, there, they still have a lot of the old school people at Blizzard. Like they're still stuck around. They love their IP so much. And, you know, although all the shit that Activision's done to Blizzard to a degree... And they're not, like, unscathed, by the way. But, you know, I do feel like Activision's put a lot of pressure for Blizzard to change. I, I feel like at least there's still people there. So I I agree with your overall point that this could be a bit of a pressure valve release for hmm. both sides of the fence, where Blizzard's like, okay, we don't need to worry about, like, what's the monetization practices that we need to embed into Diablo 4? Because... This is one thing that does change the equation with Game Pass. It's not about necessarily, you know, how much more monetization they could do per person. The metrics I'm sure that they look at a lot is how many people are playing. Like how many hours are they playing per month Game Pass? And they like genuinely would want that number to be as large as possible. Like that's where they see things are winning. And I think you can even see when Phil is kind of talking off the cuffs, Phil Spencer, you know, he often throws things out there because they, they would see these metrics all the time, but he will throw things out, out there just talking about like, you know, what we find is that people are playing twice as many games, right? So they, they obviously are caring about this and it makes a lot of sense. The same as Netflix. Netflix, they look at, you know, they don't want people off their platform. They want it on their platform. Same as YouTube, right? Like it's all about attention and getting people on your platform so you don't leave it. Um, and I think that that's where, you know, games like Diablo 4, although it, it's already going to be so baked in by then, but, you know, I guess in the world where it's not coming out and they can have more of an influence of it, it it's really just like, how do you just make a game more in the ilk of Diablo 1 and 2 rather than 3? And I'm not saying 3 is a bad game, but it's they don't need as much of the monetization crap, the store and all this other shit that they kind of put into Diablo 3 and even some of the crap they've done with Diablo 2 where it's like got DRM that you have to check in every 30 days. Oh, yeah. Like stuff like that, Microsoft's not going to care about that stuff as much, right? And going to the Activision stuff... Like, I think you're right. I think this is quite an interesting case where I'm sure there are a lot of devs. I actually listened to um, 
the guy, I can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, but the, the bloke who runs Raven and uh, yeah, like, you know, they're going all the way back in the day to like Hexen and stuff like that. Right. They're yeah. still the same people for the most part. And they're like, Oh, you know, we've got our ideas of like what we want to do. But when you have Call of Duty there, pretty hard to say like i don't want to be working on that and hmm. to me it's like it was an interesting comment from him on this podcast it's like a podcast probably only like a thousand people listen to but to me it was like i understand his answer he's the head of that studio he's not going to be saying fuck i don't want to work on call of duty again but hmm. i do get it and it's like at the same time i'm sure and the they're kind of reading between the lines that i had was a bit like you can't say no to it but you'd want to be able to say no to it yeah. And I think that's where that, you know, pressure from Microsoft won't be there as much. Look what they've done with Halo Infinite. They could like if it was Activision, they would have pushed it out and made it happen last year. But Microsoft's like, oh, you gotta take a year, like to delay this game or thereabouts and release it properly. I think, you know, you'll see a change in the cycle with Call of Duty. I don't think you'll see it necessarily every single year in November, almost at the same date in November every year. Uh, I, I just don't see that. I, I, I would see it more like what Ubisoft's doing with like Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed recently, where it's like not every year, but it may be every other year or mm. it could be like back to back, but it's not like that crazy manic every single year you have to have it. And that's where, you know, some of these studios like Toys for Bob, maybe they're looking at it and going, fucking thank God, because now we can go and make a, you know, like, I'd imagine they're already thinking about it. Like, hey, we could pitch a Conker's game, right? Mm. Or we could pitch a Banjo-Kazooie game. How sick would that be? Get them to make a, do a remake of Jet Force Gemini, damn it. Yeah, or, <laughs> but, you know, and this is where I find it, like, you know, overall, going back to my overall thoughts, it was a negative thing. Like, I totally see it going, cool, let's make Crash 5, right? And mm. we're not going to have to worry about the monetization as much and, you know, let's just really make a game we're all proud of and it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. And I just think it's, it feels dirty, right? Like Crash 5 Xbox exclusive, it's the same order of like when Rare went to Xbox. And I'm like, it's just wrong. It's just not right. Like same as if Square went to Xbox. I just personally think it's not right. Like it's, I don't know, it just kind of pisses me off actually. And... Mm. And my final thought is just, I don't understand why people have faith that Microsoft can get this right. Like, they had their biggest tentpole game, Halo Infinite. It's printed on the box of the Series X, right? Like, literally embedded on the box. And they fucked the release of that so hard, they had to delay it by a year. And it's still, like, major components of that game still aren't out. Like, I want to play co-op in that game, right? I can't do it. Like, why do people have faith that they're getting even more studios <laughs> that they'll be able to execute and get these games out, like, in a timely manner at a proper degree of quality? Like, there's nothing to me that says that they're good at doing that. So, degree quality, 100%, but to me, timely manner, like, I don't care how long the game takes. Yeah, myself. But I get what From you're a saying. If I, was, if I was part of the business, I would care. But as a gamer, I don't. But what in terms of quality, yes. Like, the Halo should not ship without a co-op mode. Like, it's ridiculous. Well, you know, it shipped as a... Mo I think I called it, but as a multiplayer-only game, 
then a multiplayer plus single player game, and then with, eventually with the, Forge mode. The then weed, eventually the weed, the weed asterisk of oh, it's a beta. Yeah, well, yeah, no, exactly, <laughs> total BS, right? Look, yeah. like the timeliness matters because they're still a business ultimately, right? And they need to be feeding the Game Pass beast, right, with good mm. content coming through. They've had to pay for that content. You know, they've had to pay to go, hey, IO Interactive, we want the Hitman trilogy. Get, let's get that onto our platform, right? Like, they don't want to have to be doing that going forward. So that's where I'm saying, like, the timeliness is a big factor for them because it is gonna, it's going to be in, inextricably linked to the quality because otherwise they're going to start pushing the studios to, hey, you're in this quarter. You have to get the game out that quarter. And that's going to affect the quality. And like I said, like... There's nothing to me that indicates that Microsoft's good at this. Like, they have very high-quality games, like like Forza Horizon. Like, I do think, ultimately, Halo Infinite. Like, these are great games. Like, A-class games. But, fuck, how many games are they making? Like, of course, some of them are going to be A-class games. Like, it's almost, mm. it would be more shocking if they couldn't. So, yeah, look, it's a wait-and-see kind of thing. But, yeah, like... I'm more fascinated almost like in 2024, 2025, what's mm. their yearly production? Like, what does that look like? I'm, I'm going to be super interested, but like, look, I'm, I'm very unhappy with it. But as I said, I think I'm going to end up getting a Series X now, which is kind of <laughs> crazy to me. <laughs> so I guess they win. You win, Phil. You win. Phil. I do. I do love Phil. He's, uh, in terms of all the gaming executives, it's got nothing to do with me being, you know, the fan of the Xbox platform. Um, there, there's very few people in the games industry that I look at and go, they look like they can be trusted. As much as they're businessmen behind the scenes, at least they don't look like they're lying through their teeth. So, so you don't like uh, Doug Bowser who gets up there and basically does a marketing ad for Metroid Dread and doesn't really even mention the studio who supposedly were there? Like, I, what? Uh, I just heard about that after the fact that Mercury Steam reps were actually there and they didn't accept the award. I'm like, whoa, that's harsh. I'm, uh, yeah, I miss, Re I miss Reggie as much as Reggie had his, Reggie was had his date. I think Reggie was the best out of everyone. Reggie was M the Maybe Satori Wada. Yeah, but I think the Japanese factor. Like, I agree. I think, uh, how, <laughs> how could you argue with a guy who literally made games? Like, of course <laughs> he's going to be the best. But, yeah, if we spoke Japanese, he'd be the best by a country mile. But, you know, yeah. like we'd probably missed out on a lot of things he did. But, anyway, getting back to this is Xbox land. Um, what a what yeah. a big week. That's all I'm going to say. Big I think uh, yeah. I always, um, I always say, oh, this week, yeah, maybe not so, so big. I think this is... <laughs> It's not, and it's a it's a six point sixty eight points episode sixty eight point seven, um, biggest big week in gaming yet. I think. Yeah, look, we probably should do this really because we love this kind of shit. But we should do like ob not objectively, but our version of what are the ten biggest stories in gaming history, right? And <laughs> just gut feel, I feel like off the top of my head. This is probably number two, which is kind of crazy to say. Well, maybe not. I think Xbox coming into gaming is bigger than this as an announcement. Mm. Don't know. I have to think about that. But it's it's right up there. It'd be like top five. I feel like up feel straight away. But um, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy news. Like, literally, did not think it was real, and it is real. <laughs> it's scary that it's real. So, 
And it looked like, I think we're both looking forward to what they're going to do next year when we're, we're going to be doing the show and it's like fourth year or something by then or i i look forward to all the news articles for every single game when it happens oh it's exclusive oh it's That's, exclusive no. oh it's exclusive that 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 won't be as interesting as <laughs> call of duty 2023 like what is that going to be yeah like if they can close the deal early enough before the marketing cycle like that's going to be fascinating like that is that to me is the biggest story next year like what's going to happen get, to that game guess what double fine's making it <laughs> double fine they're like they uh, it's like a symbiote <laughs> they've absorbed activision and activision's taking over so they're getting all the other studios to make call of duty now i know <laughs> yeah exactly it just t- takes over the whole organism <laughs> in every studio Three four three's making call of duty now <laughs> id's making call of duty actually id's take on call of duty would be pretty sick that would, would be, be interesting hey, that's an interesting podcast we go id makes call of duty and like Treyarch makes Quake or something like that. It's kind of kind of crazy, right? Yeah, Raven um, Software makes Wolfenstein. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool. I like that. Maybe going back to their earlier days. <laughs> but yeah, look, like um, that's going to be a big story. Yeah, more will come from this. But unfortunately, just like with the Bethesda deal, you know, it kind of went quiet for a long period of time until it closed. Mm. And then when it closed, they had that, you know, session where it's like, oh, when I said about, you know, it's going to be on the same platform, blah, blah, blah. Actually, what I meant was, you know, new stuff is going to be only on Xbox. I, 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 I'm looking forward to the roundtable with Bobby Kotick. I'm oh, sure that's going to happen. <laughs> that's, dude, but that's the thing, right? Who are they going to put in that roundtable? A lot of these people have got a lot of accusations. They'll, they'll probably put the studio heads that are more... Um, that have still have a reputation by that point. Yeah, it's so. true. It's true. Or yeah. maybe they'll try to bring some people back and try to reform. Mike some Maud- stuff. Mordheim or whoever come yeah, back to Blizzard. Yeah. Anyway, it's like huge news, like insane news. Biggest news story really that we've done since starting the podcast. Right up there. Like I think personally Bethesda was bigger for me personally, but objectively this is like a, I mean a dollar amount. It's <laughs> it dwarfs it, right? So <laughs> Alright, well uh next week well, not next week. This Sunday, we don't know if Mike's back. We don't know if he's lived or died by then. <laughs> we don't know if Mike will be well he's enough to do the sick. show. He's still quite sick. Yeah. If if he is well enough, mm. we've got a couple of features that he is an important part of. If not, we don't know. Um, I've been playing some Kingdom of Amalur Fate Sworn, so I'll probably give my impression regardless of that. Again, that expansion's pretty sizable, much bigger than I expected. So that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> right, that, that's how you know it's gone too late. <laughs> well, yeah, like, and from my perspective, I still feel like this is Mike's effort. This is the length he's willing to go to. I haven't seen any, you know, I don't want to go too far into the details of his sickness, but uh, I haven't seen any proof of him, him being sick, have I? And he just does not want to complete Donkey Kong Country 2. He just can't do it. He's just not a, he's got to get good. <laughs> Look. It hasn't stopped him before not completing a game and coming on the show, so... That's true. And, you know, there's a few stories that we want to chat about, but I kind of want Mike to be there, so... Yeah, we'll just have to work through it. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm also trying to see the schedule, because, like, are there any other games that are coming out? I mean, we're starting to run into times where games are actually getting released. Man, RP Golf Legends, come on. Comes out, literally comes out tomorrow. Well, actually, I'm really kind of keen to check out some of these new games that are coming out on Game Pass. So, speaking oh, of God, which... don't remind me. 
<laughs> yeah, you, well, you, your play, your little deal is like uh, play three, a disaster now. <laughs> play three goddamn Hitman games now. Because <laughs> I'm treating them separate. And, I'm, and not about them. I'm not not going to be like, I've, it's the Hitman trilogy is a single game. No, it's Hitman 1, 2, and 3, goddammit. Well, like, and you can run them all on the Hitman 3 engine. So yeah. that kind of like doesn't... I feel like you could just play one and that'd be fine. Because they're anyway, all on the same we'll, engine. We'll see anyway, Crazy show, long show. Thank God we did this, but it was uh, important to talk about, I think. So, bye-bye. See ya.